Get ready to explore faith, doubt, and all that's in between. Welcome to Doubting It with Charlotte Pence Bond. Welcome everyone back to the Doubting It podcast. I'm really excited for our show today. I have an amazing interviewee, Franklin Graham. He is a really inspirational person. I have not met him in person. I don't believe so. This was actually just really, really fun for me to be able to talk to him and interview him. I mean, to be able to interview some of these incredible people for you know 30 minutes, it's just such a cool thing um, that I just feel really, really blessed and privileged to be able to do. So thank you all for listening. Franklin Graham is really an amazing person. He's an evangelist, a missionary. He actually is the son of Billy Graham, who of course was the very famous uh, American evangelist who has now since gone to be with the Lord. But Franklin Graham, his son, is extremely active. He's a pastor, a speaker. He's an author. He is president and CEO of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and also of Samaritan's Purse, which a lot of us have probably heard of, which is an international Christian relief organization, which just does amazing work providing relief to areas that really need it. He will kind of talk about this a little bit, has an interesting faith journey. And so I'm excited for you to hear from him on that. So um, without further ado, here's the interview. Well, welcome to Franklin Graham. Thank you so much for coming on the Doubting It podcast. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you today just to to hear your story for myself. Um, I think this is really special. So thank you for for taking the time to come on the show. Well, it's an honor to be with you. I've been looking forward to this. I wonder if you can tell us first off just, I mean, a lot of people obviously have heard about you, know who you are, know who your family is. Can you tell us your personal testimony as you tell it to people? Uh, you know, I, of course, I I grew up um, in a uh, Christian family, mm-hmm. and what I mean what I mean by Christian family, Charlotte, I mean uh, we we my parents lived what they what they taught. We went to church, uh, went to Sunday school. Uh, we had devotions in our home. Uh, in the morning, we had devotions again in the evening. When I say devotion, it, it was short. Uh, in the morning, usually we read a verse as a family, and uh, my mother, father would pray. In the evening, it was a little bit longer. We we had um, uh, maybe a, a little bit more scripture, and then all of us in the family would take turns praying. We prayed on our knees, and we prayed for uh, family, friends, um, and of course, as children, uh, we may pray for our pets if one of them was sick or hurting, and you know, we, uh, we we took those requests to God. Mm-hmm. But uh, just because I grew up in a Christian home, did not uh, it didn't make me a Christian. Mm-hmm. It didn't make me a follower of Christ. Uh, and even though I went to church, um, it wasn't that I, I didn't believe. I just didn't want God running my life. Yeah. And I, I wanted to run my own life. I wanted to have fun. And I went to church because I was expected to. But as I got older in my teenage years, um, I was more interested in just pleasing myself. And I've Again, it's not that I didn't believe. I just turned my back on God and uh, tried to serve myself. And I, I found myself getting um, into a hole. Um, the more I try to have fun, and you can have fun for a, a period of time, but there was an emptiness in my life. And it's just a void, a vacuum. 
and uh, it could I, I couldn't fill it. And I, I finally just got to the point in my life where I was sick and tired of just kind of being sick and tired. And uh, one night I just got on my knees and I just said, God, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. Um, if you can take the pieces of my life and put it together, you can have it. And, uh, and I'll try my best to live for you for the rest of my life. And when I prayed that prayer, I meant it. Now, Charlotte, I'm, I'm still a sinner. I'm, uh, I still make plenty of mistakes. But when I prayed that prayer, it was sincere. And I find in life when, when, I, when I fail, I can just ask for his forgiveness and uh, get up and, and turn from that mistake or that sin and, 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 and go forward. And uh, in scripture reading, studying the word of God and letting God uh, speak to you. It's, uh, it's been a wonderful life, a wonderful journey. And if I look back over my life, if I could do anything different, I don't know if I'd do anything different. I've just been trusting God every day of my life, just trusting him for every step that I take. This world we live in is a crazy world and it's getting more crazy. <laughs> and uh, the only hope for this world is God. Mm-hmm. And I put my faith and trust in him. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I like that you said about living, growing up in a Christian family doesn't mean that you will just be a Christian. I think that's mm-hmm. so true because I've definitely, I relate to that a lot because I similarly kind of turned away from God in college and then ended up coming back to him. And I I feel like that time th- that I could kind of question it on my own was was good um, even though I wish I hadn't had the, all the turning away from God parts of my life sometimes. Do you think doubt, this show, you know, is about doubting your faith and questioning it um, and kind of having a place to do that. Do you think that time that you went through helped your faith now? Did it make your faith stronger? You know, when I was running from God, um, it, again, it wasn't that I did not believe in him, okay? Mm-hmm. I just didn't want him, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wanted to have fun, and I thought if I followed uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, I, I would be in like a spiritual straitjacket, and mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be free. But that freedom, and, and God gives us that freedom, and we can turn our back, and we can run from Him. But I found but the further I got from Him, the, the more unhappy I was, okay? Mm-hmm. There was just this void, this vacuum that the, the world couldn't fill it. Mm-hmm. And so when I gave my heart to Christ, uh, I've never doubted since then that, that God is real. I've never doubted for a minute that Jesus Christ is God's son mm-hmm. who took my sins, my sins, and he died in my place on a cross and shed his blood and was buried for my sins. And God raised him to life. And uh, for every believer, that's our hope that mm-hmm. by putting our faith and trust in Christ, our sins are forgiven because Christ took our sins to the cross. I can't keep the law of God. Uh, I, I just cannot keep it. But, but Christ mm-hmm. took my sins and he paid the debt. And when I put my faith and trust in him, that, that sin was canceled. And uh, I'm a member of God's family. And I haven't doubted that, Charlotte, for, for a second. Now, yeah. again, I don't always feel like a Christian, okay? Uh, there are times I get mad, I get frustrated, especially if I watch the news, I get real mad. Uh, but um, that doesn't mean, I, I doubt, it doesn't mean that I've lost my faith. I'm, I'm a human. Yeah. I know that God is in control. 
And I know that uh, one day uh, he's going to come back to this earth and he's going to set up his kingdom. And uh, until then, I want to be faithful to him, Charlotte. I want to be faithful. As so many people turn away, uh, so many people have fallen away, so many people are afraid to speak out and mention Jesus' name because they don't want to be ridiculed or be made fun of. Uh, and they, they, for whatever reason, they, they, they want to be popular. But Jesus said, if you're a friend of the world, you're, you're, not, a, you're not my friend. And we, we can't please the world and God. So I just decided I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to do my best to serve him and speak uh, what the Bible says. They try to tell as many people as, as possible. And one day my life will come to an end. And when that day comes, I don't know when, but when it comes, I'm going to be in his presence. And uh, mm -hmm. my mother and father are there, and I've got a lot mm -hmm. of friends already there. And I look forward to seeing them when that day comes. But till then, I'm going to fight. I'm mm -hmm. going to fight for the Lord Jesus Christ and for the truth of the scriptures. And there's power, uh, Charlotte, in the gospel. Okay, there's, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation to mm -hmm. everyone who believes. Uh, to the Jew first, then also to the Greek. And uh, I'm a Greek. I'm not Jewish, but I, I'm a follower of a Jew, and I worship a Jew. But there's power in the gospel. And this is the gospel, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed them should perish, but should have everlasting life. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He took your sin, Charlotte, and my sins. He went to the cross he died and shed his blood. He was buried. And on the third day, God raised his unto life. There's Holy Spirit-filled power in that message right there. I can't explain it. It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But there's power in it. And God uses the foolish things of this world to confront the wise of this world. And when you tell someone that Jesus shed his blood, they say, wow, that's what kind of barbaric religion you believe in. It's what happened, though. He gave his life blood for you and for me. Mm -hmm. And he was buried. And God raised him to life. And that's true. And that's what happened. And there's power. When you share that message with a person, Charlotte, there's power in that. God uses that. And he uses it and he hammers it into a person's heart. And, and, and when I get up to preach and I present the gospel, sometimes I'm watching Charlotte, there'll be people in the crowd. There'll be some with tears streaming down their face. And there'll be somebody sitting next to them with a frown just glaring at you like, that's the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. I can't believe I'm wasting my time sitting here listening to this. Yeah. But it's, but the, one person is being saved and the other is not. God, the Holy Spirit of God takes it and uses it. But I don't doubt for a second that God loves me. And I don't doubt for a second that I'm saved. I don't doubt for a second that I'm, um, I'm not going to go to heaven. I know I'm going to go to heaven, not because I deserve it, because of what Jesus did. No, absolutely. And I think that when you have that experience and you you do accept Christ and you follow him, your life totally changes. And I, to I experienced that as well. And I think that that's, like you said, such a powerful thing. When you are, you know, preaching and talking to young people, especially, how do you talk to them about doubts that they have or if they're questioning their faith or even if they're raised in a Christian home and start to, to turn away from God? Um, how do you, how do you, talk to them about that and, and help them? Well, you know, Char, I don't talk to young people any differently than I talk to, to adult <laughs> people. You yeah. know, the, the, the Word of God is the Word of God, and there's power in that Word. And if we use God's Word to communicate to, to young people, 
And that there's many great stories. In the, you know, Jesus taught by stories. Uh, he told parables. He told stories. And as a result of telling stories, uh, young people understood it. Old people understood it. Intellectuals understood it. And that's the way Jesus communicated. And I just find if you just use the scripture and, and, and share what Jesus said, or what God has written in his word, there's plenty for young people to hear and to understand and get excited about. And uh, God used young people. If you just look at the life of David, uh, just a, a shepherd boy, just a kid, and, and God used him to slay a giant that all the entire army of Israel was afraid of and ran from this guy. And, and David heard him cursing the, the God of Israel, the living God, and it made this little kid mad. How dare this guy defy the, the living God of Israel? And he goes down and he just takes a stone and, uh, and, and a slingshot. And this, this giant had a spear, he had a shield, he had armor. He had all the, the weapons of modern warfare. And David just took a stone and God used that stone to slay that giant. And, you know, if, if we take just the scriptures and share this with young people, listen, they get it. They understand. But we've got to use the word of God. What happens is many times we think God's word needs help. So we add a little bit to it. And mm -hmm. God's word doesn't need any help. Just give it word for word the way God said it. And there's power in it. Yeah, absolutely. And we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more questions for Franklin Graham. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back. You've been active lately. Recently did the um, prayer march in D.C. What What is your idea of how people of faith should be involved in politics? I know you're pretty outspoken about it, but I'm kind of curious about that, about your your role now, kind of talking about politics and being more active. Well, I think I think Christians should be involved in politics. I'm, I'm so grateful for your, your mom and dad being involved in politics. Mm -hmm. We need more uh, Christian men and women in the political world. And, and uh, we have every right to be involved in politics. And, and we, we think of, you know, the, the president of the United States or vice president, we think of maybe senators or congressmen, but there's, we, we need Christians at the, the local level too. Uh, mm -hmm. We need Christians uh, as mayors. We need Christians that are on city council and, and county commissioners. We need Christians, uh, Charlotte, on school boards. I think maybe one of the most important uh, levels uh, is the school boards. Uh, if we had Christian men and women uh, on the school boards, we could turn this country around in 20 years uh, mm -hmm. by having men and women of God. So when a pornographic book is presented, we think the children ought to read this because this will, will help them in their sexuality. And they'll, they'll come up with all these wonderful reasons why they should read some pornographic book. To have mm -hmm. some Christians on the school board say, no, we're not going to approve of that book because this is trash. This is just nothing more than trash. And now there's more of us than there is of you. So we're going to we're not going to approve it. 
And, and we need some Christians with uh, thick skin. Uh, your mom and dad have got a thick skin. <laughs> and you've got to have that in politics because they're going to call you every name in the book. Mm-hmm. But we've just got to be able to, to smile at them and love them, but not back down. So we mm-hmm. need Christians uh, at every level of government. And, uh, and I just pray the prayer march in D.C. was to pray for our country. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had uh, Republicans, we had Democrats, we had independents uh, come from all over the country to pray for this nation. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we prayed for your mom and dad, for the president, uh, Melania. Uh, we prayed for those that are in the Senate, the Congress, our judges. Mm-hmm. We prayed for the whole nation as we went across the mall. And uh, I don't know what God's going to do, uh, but our, our country is in trouble. But it wouldn't be in trouble if we had more men and women of God in politics. Yeah, you know, you talk about prayer as well. And obviously prayer is very powerful. And I think that a lot of people around the country right now are praying a lot for our country. I know a lot of Christians who are, you know, will tell me daily they're praying for our country and just for, you know, just whatever happens in the election to somehow, you know, for us to kind of come back together for, you know, there to be some peace in our country. What's your thoughts on 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 praying and how people should pray? What do you tell people who ask you about that? Well, uh, prayer is a powerful tool, Charlotte. Uh, uh, prayer allows us to go right into the presence of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We can go straight to the throne of grace and make our petitions. We don't have to go through somebody else. We can go straight to God. Mm-hmm. And so I believe in prayer, and God uses prayer, and God answers prayer. Uh, it doesn't always answer prayer exactly the way we want it. And uh, I'm just thankful that, um, you know, some of the girls that I dated when I was younger, oh, Lord, I'd love to marry this one or that one, and and I'm glad that didn't work out. <laughs> uh, uh, he had someone better for me. Yes. And uh, so I think, you know, we, we pray and God does answer them, but doesn't always answer out the prayers the way we want it. But it's important for us to pray for those that are in authority, mm-hmm. uh, for those that are in Washington, uh, those that are in authority at the local level. We should pray for them. And sometimes that's difficult because of the, the who the person is and, and the policies that they that they stand behind. And it's uh, it's not easy for us to pray for them. But the Bible commands that we do that. And I think that's so important that we pray. And of course, our country uh, that this coming election is at a, a crossroads. Uh, it's, um, it, it could go and become a socialist country. And the socialists have never been the friends of the church. Uh, the socialists are the enemies of the church. Every socialist country in Eastern Europe, uh, if you go down to Venezuela, Cuba, uh, churches there are restricted and uh, persecuted, and uh, it's uh, terrible what socialism does. But our country could become a socialist country in the next few years. And so this is very important that people pray, and I encourage people just to get out and vote. I don't tell them how to vote, um, but I tell them to pray and ask God to give you wisdom as you cast that ballot. And pray for, the, for those candidates that stand for religious freedom, uh, those that believe in the sanctity of life, uh, the sanctity of the family, uh, marriage, uh, and that's, that's important. Those are, those are moral issues. Uh, some, some politicians want to make those political issues. Uh, those are not, that's moral issues. Yeah. And we should be voting for those. 
How should we talk about these moral issues with people? Because I know they become political issues and it can be hard, I think, a lot of times for Christians to know how to like talk to people about issues of morality without coming across judgmental. Um, I've done a lot of work in on the pro-life organizations and with pro-life groups, and it can be obviously tricky to kind of talk to people who don't agree without coming across judgmental and just wanting to show Christ's love to them. How how do you do that, and how do you how do you advise people to do that? Well, you know, it's easy. Just what, what does God say? Yeah. Uh, you know, does does God um, does does He believe in marriage? Of course, He did. He made the first man and the first woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the two of them uh, produced the first family, which is the social unit of of, of life, and uh, so marriage is so important. And marriage is not defined. God does not define marriage between a man and a man, or a woman and a woman. It's it's a man and a woman, and that's that's why God gave marriage so that we can have children and populate the world, and that's what God intended. So uh, the devil wants us to pervert the family. He wants us to pervert what God created. And I just tell people what God says. And so sometimes they get mad at me. I say, well, don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. He's the one who said it. I didn't say it. He said it. And so you just repeat what God says, what what the Bible says. And uh, remember, there's power in it. Now, if we want to be the friend of the world, uh, which many people do, they, they will compromise and they won't say say what the God says. They'll try to sugarcoat something. No, just, just say it the way God said it. And remember, if they persecute you, uh, then you must be doing it right. And if everybody pats you on the back and says, oh, what a wonderful job, well, maybe you're not doing it right. So I just encourage people, listen, just say what God says and uh, take the lumps where they fall because his word is true. Every word of the Bible is true, cover to cover. I believe every word of it. Don't understand it all, Mm-hmm. But I certainly believe it all, Charlotte. Believe every word of it. Yeah, that was for me when I was in kind of on journey, kind of figuring out what I believed about things. I realized that I either had to accept all of the Bible as true or not. It was kind of a choice. You know, you couldn't just pick things out that you liked. And I had to accept it as true, like you said. And that, you know, there are parts of it, again, that I don't understand. But I think that's such a important thing to remember that it's it's either all true or none of it's true, and I believe all of it's true. So yes, definitely. No question, Charlotte. It's uh, there's a lot I don't understand, and that's what the, that's that, that's the fun about reading the Bible. It never gets old. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, the more you read it, the more God opens up Scripture to you and to your understanding. But then there's always something you read twenty times in the. And then the 21st time, all of a sudden you see something for the first time. Well, I didn't see that in that passage before. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting. It's full of gold nuggets. Mm-hmm. And you just keep you just keep digging away, keep mining and learning as you go. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it's a wonderful thing, the Word of God. And I would encourage people just to read God's Word, study it, cover to cover. And uh, it is true. Every word is true. And it's fun. There's so much to learn. And I'm 68 years old. I don't understand 2% of the scripture. I've still got a long way to go. <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's a, it's a wonderful book. And as God gave it to us uh, to reveal his mind and his love for us. 
and in that is the path, how we can be with him for eternity in heaven. If we just if we just confess our sins and repent, repent means, Charlotte, to turn from those sins. And uh, there's a debate, of course, uh, the, the, the Pope has been in the news uh, lately where uh, he talked about uh, that uh, homosexuals could be a part of the family and, um, and that we need to make room for the family. And uh, I, I listened to that. The, the problem is it goes against Scripture. And we have to repent. What he was saying is you can be homosexual and still be a member of the church. Well, that's like saying you can be an adulterer and still be a member of the church. You can be committing murder and you can still be uh, a member of the church. We have to repent. And repentance means to turn from our sins. Does God love homosexuals? Sure he does. Uh, does he love murderers and the most vile people in the world? Yes, he does. That's why Christ came. But if we don't repent and turn from those sins, then there's no hope for us. We have to come to Jesus by faith, trusting him as our savior and turning from those sins. And that's what's uh, so important that we turn uh, and repent. Repentance is part of salvation. Yeah, no, absolutely. My last question for you um, is actually about your family. Your kids, especially your daughter, Sissy, is very involved and does a lot of, of great things and is really a role model for a lot of people. How do you talk to parents about raising kids in a Christian home, especially in this culture, um, when kids might be going to school, like you said, and and hearing things that are very, um, I guess, an, against the gospel in a lot of ways? What do you say to parents um, in that situation? Well, I've got uh, four children, and all of my children uh, love the Lord and are walking with the Lord and have married. My daughter, Sissy, married a fine Christian man, and my three sons have married fine Christian ladies. Mm -hmm. And when when I was raising my children, um, I I just modeled what I saw in my parents' home. And my wife, Jane, and I just did it in our home. That's That's how we did it. And so I would encourage uh, young people today as you're raising your families, start every day in the Word of God. Don't, don't make a long devotions and bore your children, just a verse or two. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then just have prayer together and do that in the evening and do it every day and take your kids to church. Get them involved in Sunday school. That's so important. And that's what we need to do today. And, and uh, you know, when your children grow up, uh, they won't depart from the Word. Uh, very far. They'll come back mm-hmm. if, if that's the way they were raised. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I, again, so appreciate it and and feel like I learned a lot too. So thank you. Well, thank you and, and God bless you. Well, once again, thank you so much to Franklin Graham for coming on the show. Again, it was just, it was really great for me to be able to hear from him And as you heard, he has a lot of just thoughts about how Christians should be involved in politics, which I think is a really an interesting thing. And people have different perspectives on it. I think it's cool to to talk about. I also, uh, I just wanted to kind of um, talk about a couple of things he mentioned that really stuck out to me. First of all, when he said that Paul said not to be ashamed of the gospel, I have been recently reading 2 Timothy. I don't know if I've read it before. And lately I've been doing this thing where I will read like a chapter or a really short book like Second Timothy or Titus just over and over again, kind of within my devotions every day. And in Second Timothy, Paul's kind of talking to Timothy about just that, about not being ashamed of the gospel and about saying, you know, you were raised in this, you know the gospel, it's real to you. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed to live 
your life with that. And I think that that's just really inspiring to me personally. And I, I loved how he talked about his personal faith journey. I fully relate um, to everything he was saying. I was like trying not to laugh because I felt like he was describing me when I was going through um, periods of kind of turning away from God. And I say the exact same thing he has said, that he he never stopped believing in God because I really don't think I did either. He said he didn't want God. He didn't want him. He didn't stop believing in him. He just didn't want him. And I think that's so, so true. Like That's a good way to put that because it does feel that way sometimes that you believe in God, but you're just kind of thinking you can do it on your own. And the reality is that you can't. You need him. You need his grace. And like Franklin said, I love it. You know, you think Franklin Graham is this amazing evangelist. He's this pastor. He's so influential. But he even said, I don't feel like a Christian sometimes. Sometimes I get really mad about stuff. And that's okay too. It's about going to God with that and also returning to God's word, which I think is so important to remember every day to return to his word. When I kind of turned back to Christ and became fully Christian and kind of started following him, I had a little notebook and I wrote in the front of it, return to him every day and at the beginning of every day. I, and I've done that really pretty consistently read the Bible every morning. It's very rare that I won't, even if I'm traveling or I need to read it on my Bible app, which I love. This is not an ad. I just love the Bible app. If you don't have the Version Bible app, you should definitely get it. It has awesome like devotional stuff in there and notes. And you can find even church notes for some churches um, for sermons. So even having something like that is so great because it's just on your phone. You can just go right to it. If you need something like it's the middle of the night and you're having a bad day, you're having a bad night and you just need to read a verse. I literally did that last night. It's just a great thing to just have available, um, especially when there's so many other things in our phones that distract us or tempt us to put that Bible app on there. Again, this is not an ad at all. I just love the Bible app. But again, uh, it's important to return to God's word every day. And I think that Franklin was just so, so right about that, that you will get something new out of the Bible. It's it's an incredible thing. It's the inspired word of God. And it's not going to get boring. And it truly hasn't. I mean, even with, you know, when I've been going back into these verses that I'm kind of rereading every day, I mean, I find new things in them every day. I find new things that I think God, you know, is trying to show me. Um, I think that that's really, really amazing and special. And, you know, again, it, remembering that God does address these cultural issues. He does address also how we're supposed to talk to people about them. And Franklin said that, you know, go to what God said. And, you know, Jesus hung out with people um, that other people wouldn't hang out with. And he was kind to people. And again, he told stories like Franklin was saying, and he reached out to the people that society was maybe not reaching out to. He hung out with people that the Pharisees and religious leaders thought, you know, he should not be hanging out with. And so I think that's important to remember to go into these hard conversations with people with the love of Christ and, um, and, and just sharing that with them and also sharing truth because of course, um, you know, we if we believe everything that the Bible says, if we accept it as true and we believe that it is, it is the truth that we're meant to live by. So thank you so much for joining me today on this episode. And I hope that you all have a great rest of your day. 
Thanks for listening to Doubting It with Charlotte Pence Bond on the Edify Podcast Network. Tune in next time for another powerful exploration of faith, doubt, and all that's in between. And for more faith-inspiring podcasts, download the Edify Podcast app on the Apple and Google Play stores or at edify.app.